0: Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Y Football Podcast with me, Michael Dryden and Echez Adogru. Today we'll be taking a look at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, the bidding process, allegations of corruption, migrant deaths and we'll discuss whether the tournament will go ahead. Before we start, please follow us on Twitter at YFootball underscore and subscribe with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and YouTube. So etches how are you? yeah not too bad thanks
1: um as i say that every single week um and a positive spin i went to the shop this morning and uh you know when you see someone's like it's so windy outside they just saw someone's plastic carrier bag just going away in the wind and they were trying to chase it so I was quite <laughs> I was quite mean but i found that quite funny so uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know. how is that linked to how are you is that how uh, yeah. nah, it's, it's, just, them nah, it. it's just it's just i in a good mood because it made me laugh so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like what you look at tesco's carrier bag it's like why do you need like it's gone <laughs> except it's gone
0: it, it, it's not coming back to you fair enough fair enough i can't argue that shit i can't argue at all i anyway, how are you doing are you okay yeah not, not too bad again nothing's going on i haven't left the house so i don't. i've seen a Tesco in about six months, so you know at least you beat me to that. But yeah, no, uh, Sunderland at Wembley tomorrow. You know I love mentioning Sunderland, but um, we're at Wembley in the Papa John's Trophy final, the Pizza Cup. So that will be interesting. Pretty pointless cup, um, but you know a victory at Wembley. You know you can't sniff at that, can you? Yeah, you you guys have a very tough time at Wembley, don't you? Last six visits, six defeats. That's nice. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. At least at least you turned up. <laughs> yeah. so, <it's> positive. <laughs> so, it is moving on to today's topic why the Qatar World Cup?
1: Uh, so you know, the World Cup is the pinnacle for all football fans. You know, people travel across the globe to see. Uh, we initially uh, wanted to go to this World Cup, uh, but obviously, we, we may yeah. not, depending on reasons I'm going to mention later on. There's been so many great spectacles over the years. You know, there's been Korea in Japan, which is um. A really funny World Cup because the World Cup final was on the day I got confirmed uh, not confirmed, had my first Holy Communion. So <laughs> I was meant to have my first holy, oh, wow. commun- yeah, I was meant to have my first Holy communion with twelve children, and in the end, every- <laughs> I had it with one other person because everyone else moved it to the earlier <laughs> one so they could see the World Cup final. my oh, dad, no. my dad pleaded with my mum to- for her to move it to the earlier one. she said no. So I had a church that was completely empty apart from my family and his family. And that was it, really. <laughs>
0: yeah, mate, God, God doesn't stop for your for the World Cup final, does it? He doesn't. <laughs> no.
1: So that was quite funny. Um, obviously, Brazil won that one with the famous Ronaldo haircut. Um, South Africa one was brilliant for Africa, uh, being the first country to host it uh, in mm-hmm. the continents, which was brilliant. You know, he had the Shabalala goal with the guys dancing in the opening game, which is memorable.
0: The Vuvuzelas, I couldn't, I couldn't get away with them. I know, brilliant. I know, I'm the a millionth and one person to say that, but it was so irritating. Like, I know it was like, <laughs> it was a massive celebration of culture and stuff, but listening to that during the games it was actually just like, and then hearing Rooney after the Algeria game, just like, you know, these Vuvu sailors like ringing in the background and then Rooney's just like shouting into the camera, our own fans are booing us. I was like, that was a law for English football. Yeah, you sound like quite you'd quite fun at a party, Dryden, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know it honest. You sound like yeah. a pretty fun guy. Invite yeah, me. But, yeah,
1: yeah, I'll think about it, mate. I'll think about it. Um, <laughs> but that, that World Cup was memorable as well. Um, and then 2014, I believe Germany were the first winners. I think that's the first World Cup won by a team not from that continent. I oh, believe. wow. I, so. I, be- I believe mm. so. No, nah, you know what, I'm not too sure, I'm not too it sure about that sense. One.
0: It does make sense. I mean, I can't think of an example. I mean, Euro... No, I think, because... it's, the
1: first, I think it's the first Euro winner. No, let me correct me. I think it's the first Euro winner to not win in their own continent. But what actually. about
0: 94? So Brazil won in... I mean, that's it what I mean. The continent, that's, continent, that's, isn't it? Yeah, that, and that's no? what I mean. North America and South America, yeah. Yeah, and
1: I feel like 58
0: Brazil was in
1: Sweden or somewhere where they won it.
0: I think given the amount of times Brazil have won it and... The fact that it's... I think well, it's I a European tough. team. I think it's a European team. I'm going to stick with that one. Anyone that wants to fire <laughs>
1: shots, fire shots at me. <laughs> well, it's uh, the only
0: European winner to... Win, to not win in their own yeah, continent. Yeah, that's fair. Enough. If, All right, you'll, you'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Anyone else wants to fire at me, my Twitter is... It doku <laughs> is that my instagram it doesn't really matter i don't know i we'll, don't know we'll move on we'll move on swiftly um so those are some great workups in the past and qatar is the next installment in 2022 which has been filled with lots of controversy right from when mm. it was announced you know it'll be the first arab nation to host it which is a huge achievement so i wanted to do a podcast and looking at how the bid was won the issues that have been raised since and whether they're kind of are uh, even deeper issues rooted uh, within FIFA
0: itself yeah I think we're all aware of those of those issues and we'll go on to it Um the biggest surprise of all I mean the size of Qatar I mean before the World Cup was announced there I mean before we discussed going there because we're not getting any younger and yeah but Qatar is just marginally bigger than London you know there's a, there's a population of 2.8 million which we're doing some maths this morning is around roughly half the population of Scotland so you've got to think you know if compare that to us and mexico like the landmass and mexico so it's us it's us mexico and canada sorry where the 2026 world cup is going to be held i think the compare the landmass mass that, that is split across compared to uh, qatar you know the infrastructure around that and the stadiums and stuff i mean it's, it's just crazy really that such what is effectively the biggest sporting event in the world has been held in a country that is the size of a capital city and has a population of you know of a capital city? I mean, London has a London has a population of twelve million, so wow. it's it's crazy, really. um So it's just kind of this overriding questions here. We'll go on to it. You know, was it purely about money? um And I mean, what was a World Cup supposed to be like? Right? I mean, you know, we talk about the size of the country, we talk about the money involved, but you know, where is a World Cup supposed to be? You know, is it supposed is is the UK something like that? Is that a preferred location with the infrastructure already there, the history? But if that was the case the World Cup would just go around the same six, seven countries and we'd never see it (laughs) anywhere Yeah, true.
1: Yeah, the the World Cup definitely has to expand. But the burning question I really have for you is, when you were working out uh, the population of Qatar, did you use a calculator to work that one out? Because I know your maths, as you've realised in earlier pods,
0: is sketchy at best. Yeah, so what I did was I worked out the population of Qatar, I worked out the population of Scotland. Uh, It took me a while, but I worked out that it's about roughly half. Okay, good.
1: Congratulations then. (laughs) I was a bit concerned you are doing some sort of long subtraction, which uh, I struggle with. Um, So we'll move on and leave that one there. Um, My mind's at ease. So I thought I'd do a little bit on how World Cup bids actually, how they actually work because I think often you just see live on Sky News, they've just announced the tournament, and then you're like, okay, fine, this is where it's going to be. Unless if your country's involved in it. So, you know, sometimes you're aware that England are involved in the bid, like we were for yeah. 2018, so you're a bit more engaged. But when it's not your country, you just kind of switch on the channel and you're like, oh, here we go, that's the World mm. Cup bid. Um, So the way it actually works is the FIFA executive committee vote to decide what each... Um, they should host the tournament which is to no surprise. Uh, Mm. It's like a multiple round ballot system used to determine the host so all of the eligible members of the FIFA executive committee have one vote each. Um, The country that receives the fewest votes is eliminated which obviously makes sense and then uh, (laughs) the majority then basically wins. If there's a tie uh, the FIFA president uh, has the overriding vote which used to be set blatter who was obviously corrupt yeah. so that's a <laughs> lot there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds feelproof yeah exactly corrupt set blatter at the helm um the process goes as follows uh, applications are formally invited so you can send in your application there's a closing date for registering an intention to bid then there's a deadline mm. to submit a completed bid then a deadline for the full details of the submission, then an individual application inspection begins and ends. So delegates will go to where you're going to host
0: it because obviously I bet I bet bet they do. I yeah. just imagine, like, <laughs> Qatar, the whole <laughs> committee just with Andy Gray and Richard Keys around this big steakhouse in the middle. <laughs> well, the thing is, a lot of the, I'll get onto Qatar in a bit, because
1: Qatar had so much construction to do for the World Cup. So I did kind of think, well, what are yep. you really inspecting? So they've. I'll go on to what they're going to in, to introduce later on. But yeah, obviously for somewhere like England for the 2018 World Cup, they wouldn't have built anything because obviously we've got the infrastructure and stadiums. There may have been changes to things like maybe bus routes and fan uh, mobility. But generally speaking, uh, you know, it, it's pretty straightforward. And then after that, after inspection, FIFA then announced the winners.
0: This kind of format, you've got the executive committee who obviously... <laughs> essentially deciding uh who the tournament goes to i don't know what that committee is made up of i mean we had it's obviously quite a variety of different um backgrounds and nationalities who are part of that but then i mean if you gave the vote to nations or fa's so if say every nation had a vote i mean every nation that's involved now is quite a lot if you think about the qualification stage that would be a bit manic and it would get incredibly political i mean it'd be like the eurovision song contest for (laughs) the world cup yes that's a really good point
1: so Let's move on to the teams that actually apply for the 2022 World Cup. We have Australia, who launched a bid for the 2018 World Cup but withdrew. Uh, their 2022 bid and 2018 bid was launched by a guy called Ben Buckley. Uh, who is Ben Buckley, Dryden?
0: Uh, he's a famous ballroom dancer in Australia. Uh,
1: he was a former NRL player. Ah, oh, uh, okay. Makes in sense. Australia. Uh, you got Quinton Bryce.
0: Going to, get get to go, go cricket this time. Uh, she. She a governor. She's a oh, governor. I'm just thinking of Quinton Fortune. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair
1: play. Hold,
0: hold tight, Quinton.
1: Oh, he was a passenger. Anyway, um, <laughs> the final one is Ella McPherson.
0: Uh she or Ella McPherson. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a female football footballer, famous former female footballer,
1: <laughs> former former model and part of mattress. Oh, oh fair. Mm quite the this, there. yeah exactly but despite the star-studded cast to present also hold on as well where's Tim Cahill
0: that's true where is Tim <laughs> where's you Tim, know, Tim he's, he's too busy he's too busy on what's he on, he's on, what's he on? He's BBC isn't he No, he's part yeah, of the BBC lineup. BBC, yeah. you know, he needs to pull his finger up because you know, <laughs> where is Tim where's Where's the rest of the lads where's Harry where's Harry Kuhl yeah, Mark as well them. Mark Duke.
1: Yeah, they missed out some some big guys. But yeah, despite the star-studded cast uh, to present the bids, they ended at rock bottom in the bidding process with one vote. Mm. That apparently shocked analysts and people in FIFA, but their issues around getting access to stadiums for sports used in the NRL and AFL, which clashed with the World Cup.
0: Mm.
1: Next was Japan. Uh, the issue that they had was them and South Korea hosted in 2022 which are said to work against them. They came fourth. South Korea also bidded. They came third. Same issues with Japan as they previously hosted it. Mm. And the final one was the USA, who came second. They had a strong bid, but they lost to Qatar.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, getting back to the point before, it makes you think like, I mean, what makes a good, uh, (laughs) what what, what makes a good host country, but also what makes a good World Cup bid? I actually have very little idea. You'd, You'd assume it would be we assume like a good candidate for a World Cup would be one that already has infrastructure, there's a fan base there that are going to flood stadiums. You've got an infrastructure around it in terms of transport. But uh, I suppose you know, is that actually beneficial for FIFA to have that? I don't necessarily think it is. I mean, um, I mean, people in the, in England, and the UK, are like, often make out we would be an ideal location in England, for example, because we have that infrastructure. Um, But as I mentioned before, I mean, if that was the case, we'd just be rotating around the leagues, but then obviously you move, sorry, rotating around kind of the developed footballing nations, like pretty much Europe's top five leagues. But then when you give it to like someone like Qatar, so much work is needed. Uh, So kind of like a a balancing act, I suppose, like there would be, because if it went to England, you just know that people would complain or certain nations would complain that it's just like elitist. It's just like giving it to, you know, you know, Premier League's the, the biggest and kind of most lucrative league in the world it would just be allegations of you know it's just going to them for those reasons yeah it's, it's a difficult one to kind of answer
1: indeed yeah you you want yeah, you want the world cup to go across the globe but as you said there's so much infrastructure that's needed to do it you know as mm. time goes on we can't be in 2100 and then england have hosted three world cups brazil have hosted five world cups and then germany have hosted four world cups <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a world cup, but you know, there is the argument as well as how many countries can actually afford to do so and, and do so safely. I think South Africa showed that you know it's possible, and Qatar, I'm, I'm hopefully, yeah. a tournament yeah. Australia as a matter of time if they keep on bidding to get the world cup down there. I think, um, you know, there's other countries in Africa as well. I know Morocco and Algeria have bidded a few times or Morocco in particular has so maybe they'll get it one day and then you know there's other countries as well but yeah there's not too many nations that can feasibly host it I think what we'll see is more multiple country bids I think yeah, that's the definitely. best way to get around yeah. it so you know Nigeria may team up with Ghana or Morocco may team up, team up with somewhere else because I think all in one country to get the infrastructure in stadiums is is uh, is pretty tricky so moving on to, so we discussed how you know World Cup bids and football heritage and whether you know world cup should be in certain countries or whether they should go to developing nations i wanted to then focus on issues with qatar's actual world cup win so one of the glaring issues with world cup in qatar is the heat i've been mm. to dubai the, <laughs> i've been to dubai in the summer and it's like 50 degrees and you know qatar is very similar so yeah. qatar, qatar's answer i have to take a pause here um for how they're gonna control the heat in the summer was to have air controlled stadiums to combat the heat with other tricks up their sleeve if that wasn't viable.
0: <laughs> you can't other tricks up their sleeve if that wasn't viable is a direct quote. What? Well, <laughs> well they've moved they've already moved the date. Maybe they can move it to like, you know, another what? location as well. You can't <laughs> you can't you, you, they can't inspect the stadium and
1: you're like whoa don't worry about it, lads you've got other tricks up our sleeve don't you worry <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work that way you have to you have to, you know provide some information a bit more clarity as to what that is yeah i think so rigorous and meticulous in planning you know in terms of the inspection you know the bids i'm sure the bids aren't uh, we're going to host the state the final in wembley and that's it. You know, there would be so much information on where fans will stay, transport, communication, and they've just put yeah. You know, put some air, put some aircon on. I reckon that'll do. It.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's a good point because you mentioned it earlier. Like, what are they inspecting though? Like they're, they're inspecting. Like there's there's a promise of all this stuff is going to be built. This infrastructure, these hotels, these stadiums. So what are you inspecting? I mean, there must be. I assume there's already infrastructure there, and that's what they're inspecting. You know, can these yeah. airports deal with it currently? What is needed? There must be, I assume, anywhere there is infrastructure in terms of sports already there. So perhaps that. But I just, I just can't get this picture out of my head of, you know, Platini and the rest of the lads in Qatar with Keys and Gray around a big table in a bar just sinking some pints. That is yeah. what. I, that's some, what I think. <laughs> some, pre, some premium Guinness, but. Um... <laughs> So, so as we know, they,
1: they, they then um, moved the World Cup to the winter edition, which caused a lot of issues with a variety of nations complaining about it clashing with the Winter Olympics, uh, as well as it affecting local leagues like the Prem and Bundesliga. Yeah. Uh, Franz Beckenbauer, a member of FIFA's executive committee, said Qatar could only be allowed to host 2022 World Cup in the winter. He justified the proposals on the grounds that Qatar be saving money which it otherwise would have
0: spent in cooling stadiums. It's like, what? Well, why did you award it to them? Then? Yeah, like, it's a known think? it's a known fact. You can't just say, oh, they won it fair and square, so you've got to give them a chance. Well, you, they won it on the basis it's going to be, they bid to host an event that had a, a fixed date. <laughs> yeah, so- <laughs> It's, it's like they just didn't know. It's like, oh, it's quite hot today. Is it usually like this? <laughs> uh,
1: it's it's often a bit cooler than today, but, you know, it'll be fine for the World Cup. Don't worry about it. Like, what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Beckenbauer actually said, um, one should think of another solution. In January and February, you have a comfortable 25 degree temperature there. Qatar won the vote and deserves a fair chance uh, to host it in the Middle East. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. I d- I'm not saying that Middle East shouldn't host the World Cup, but why was it, not highlighted as an issue or why wasn't it pitched that way you know they could easily have said we'd like to host it in the winter you can't you can't win it and then be like yeah you know what <laughs> uh, we were thinking and yeah it's not really possible in the summer you know you
0: can't yeah, do that yeah, and we're thinking about moving it to uh, western europe instead you know we're gonna host it in norway <laughs> 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 i mean <But> we still <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is it's is pretty mad but there you go but yeah, I mean, to, to that point, I mean, there is an argument that like, you know, it is often a summer tournament and, you know, it's not even just the Middle East. I mean, there's obviously, you know, a lot of areas of the world where it would be really difficult to host a tournament in the summer um, because it's too hot. And so there's an argument there of, well, do we just exclude region, regions for that region? But for that reason, but, you know, as to your point, yeah, it should be in the bid. Like, you know, fair enough. Countries in, I mean, there's, there's, there's countries in Africa, for example. I mean, a lot of countries in Africa the other countries in the Middle East and other parts of the world where conditions aren't ideal for a tournament at certain times of the year, but it needs to be part of the page. I just find that a bit mad. So moving on to the next bit, I thought I'd look at uh,
1: migrant deaths, which is which is quite a sad point. Um, so something which has been highlighted frequently has been the safety of migrant workers helping construct or build uh, infrastructure mm. for the World Cup in Qatar. Since they've been awarded the hosting rights for the football's biggest tournament, 6,500 migrant workers from five countries, mainly in South Asia, have Mm -hmm. died. The Guardian noted deaths among workers from countries like India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka between 2011 and late 2020, with an average of 12 dying each week during that period. Uh, The Migrants there are said to be held against their will. So once they go, they can't leave as their passports are held by Qatari officials. So they work there until mm. basically they don't need them anymore. Apparently, the true death toll is likely to be significantly higher as deaths from other countries aren't factored in. Mm. Um, you know, Qatar itself is heavily reliant on migrant workers. Uh, the majority tend to come voluntarily from Asia and parts of Africa. Yeah. Um, and, and for this World Cup bid, you know, there's been so much infrastructure needed. So I mentioned this earlier, I don't want to say, but they needed seven stadiums, a new airport, as well as broad additions to its public transportation network. So it's a huge, huge project. Yeah, it's a massive deal. Um, but the U.S. State Department has said that the conditions that workers are facing there is terrible in terms of the labor violations taking form from forms of beating, sexual assault, restriction Mm -hmm. of freedom, as I mentioned, withholding their passports, as well as withholding their salaries. So it's really, really terrible, terrible conditions uh, for these people to work in, which is honestly unacceptable. But this isn't new for Qatar, which raises questions as to why the World Cup was actually given to them. You know, they've had labor violations for years long before the World Cup was even given to them. Mm. And it's been highlighted by loads of human rights organizations, yet the World Cup was still given to them. You know, if you look at it from the outset, we've got a nation which is riddled with structural issues, which has caused the World Cup to move to winter. It's a huge project in terms mm. of infrastructure. You mentioned how FIFA, you know. Um, have given the World Cup to them and that's fine, but it just seems there's so many negatives working against them compared to the people it bidded against. You know, we've got, uh, I know America have hosted it, Japan and South Korea, but what about Australia? You know, it seems as if something's missing as to why Qatar got this bid. You know, why have they managed to get it when there's so many things stacking against them? And sadly, it seems that corruption has played a part in that.
0: Yeah, I recall listening, this about a year ago, I recall listening to the, the Onsenia and Chapman podcast uh, from The Athletic. That's not a plug, as we're not part of the network, but you know we're happy to be if they fancy it. They made a point that FIFA often always started, particularly with South Africa onwards, um, awarding tournaments to nations that require that huge infrastructure. So you think uh, in South Africa, a lot of stadiums were built, so you would have needed the, the airports and the infrastructure around it, the hotels to be built. In Brazil... You know there was already existing football infrastructure, but around that there was work needed in terms of you know transport and hotels again. And then Qatar—it's a huge infrastructure project because you're building a lot of this from scratch. I mean, you've got hotels there existing and airport structure, for example, but you don't have you don't have the football infrastructure. In almost all the stadiums—I think I'll, they said in that podcast that around twelve stadiums is kind of the optimal uh, amount that is requ- required for. tournament like this and they've built most of them from scratch and one of the reasons why or a prevailing reason why it goes to these nations and goes to a nation that needs to build all this all these things is because it generates construction contracts so that'll benefit fifa potentially if they're involved in the sale of those contracts or involved in a slice of it and it'll definitely benefit the nation or the investors within it so you know (laughs) the owners of large construction firms etc And it's almost like a political reason to build a lot of these things. So why should we, why would, for example, Qatar, I mean, there's there's a lot of human rights violations, so you could argue that they're not overly that concerned about what, you know, (laughs) the human element and what their population think, but how can you get away with building a lot of infrastructure and generate a lot of money for people? Well, you know, a World Cup's a great excuse, isn't it? I don't think anyone was surprised, but I think that's just a really sad fact, isn't it? No one was surprised. I remember, it, was, it was years ago now that Russia and Qatar were awarded the, the World Cup. So it feels like a lifetime yeah. ago. And it felt like Qatar was so far away. And now we're approaching, what, almost a year until that is going to go ahead. Mm. Um, and are we surprised that it went there still? No, I don't think we are. I think we've become less surprised over time. Um, as these allegations of migrant death were, 6,500 people have died at the hands of this (laughs) as a result of this tournament essentially so it's just crazy, it's absolutely just, in what other context is that acceptable?
1: It's astonishing and you know, it's sad really that it's got to this point where FIFA kind of looking beyond the human rights issues and the flaws and just looking mm. at it purely from a money perspective. I mean, the allegations of corruption in FIFA are well documented, which within itself could be a pod. But back in 2011, the allegations of corruption over then Vice President Jack Warner uh, email was saying that Qatar bought the World Cup through bribery mm. via Mohammed bin Hamam, who was the president of the Asian Football Federation. Uh, fed- Asian Football Confederation <laughs> got there got there in the end just okay. about. Uh he, so that was denied by both parties. Uh again in 2014. Apparently Qatar's successful campaign paid Jack Warren and his family almost two million dollars. Mm. So Jack Warner is heavily implicated in that. Then in 2019, more allegations arose in January where Bonita Mazer Diaz A whistleblower from the Inside Australia's 2022 World Cup bid published a book which alleged that in the months before the vote in December 2010, uh, executives... Uh, basically agreed a deal uh, where Al Jazeera paid a hundred million dollars <laughs> if yeah, yeah. <laughs> Al Jazeera, sorry, Al Jazeera now BEIN BEI Sports, which is home to our two favourites Andy Gray and Richard Keyes. Uh, they're not our favourites, they're actually very bad people but they work for <laughs> BEIN yeah. Sports. Yeah, just uh, just clarify that, I mentioned them twice, but I don't actually think they're very good people. But they agreed a secret deal to pay a hundred million dollars if Qatar won the vote. Uh, that actual allegation, led to michelle platini the former uefa boss being arrested on charges of corruption um but moving on i kind of want to discuss whether you know the tournament will actually go ahead and and the reason why i said that is because norway have become the first national team looking to boycott it due to health and safety Mm -hmm. concerns for workers you know the corruption amounting and the allegations have left really bad taste in the mouth of many for this tournament and there's so much pressure like south africa actually for the tournament to be a success in terms of you know, it being the first Arab nation to host it and just, just loads of issues around it in terms of the migrant deaths and yeah. the corruption around it. And it's a really delicate situation for footballers, right? Because Norway aren't going to win the World Cup. Shock, horror. They've got some good players. They've got Erdengard. They've got Haaland. Mm. They've got um, the guy at have had at Schorloff. They've got some good players, but they're not going to win it.
0: No,
1: but, you know, the issue is around what Norway represent, you know? If we start having six, seven, eight minnows pull out, they have to be filled by other countries and then you could get a void in the World Cup of Nations doing so. And what happens if individual sportsmen don't want to do it? We have some great footballers around the world that care about social issues. We've got Marcus Rashford in this country. Uh, I know Mesut Ozil was once very involved Mm. with migrants in Turkey previously before as well. And and there's loads of footballers do loads of things. I can't list them all. Or what if you have one in particular that has a very keen interest in what's going on there? Let's say Mbappe, someone of his stature that decides... He's won a World Cup. So he could then say, yeah. mm, you know what, I don't I don't fancy going to the World Cup because of X. That has huge say. Yeah, in exactly, terms yeah. of marketing, in terms of player power, in terms of pool, that is a big, big worry and a concern if if, if players start doing that as, as well as countries. Yeah. Um, so I think that the situation is extremely delicate. Yeah, the tournament is obviously going to go ahead, but it's a very delicate situation because I think Norway ever announced it just at the right time. And it's waiting for a player of stature to say, mm, I don't fancy And then we could really see a couple of issues uh, arise for the hosts there.
0: Yeah, it's so difficult because the, the people with the power and the ability to change, it's just as you said, it is actually the players and the, the, the footballing authorities. You know, if they decide to pull England out, that's a big deal. But at the, at the same time, I mean, those players, those authorities, I mean, they don't want to do that because uh, obviously for a player, it's a pinnacle of their career to play a World Cup. They only get so many. You know, they weren't involved in the process. So I think they would feel aggrieved that they're missing out on that experience, on that. So it can be beneficial for their career. I mean, how many players on the back of a World Cup get moves? big money moves salary increases yep. it's huge for footballers and so you know it's it's a it's a, i think fifa know that though fifa know that the fan the the players if the players had a kind of if it was less implications for players around you know their brands their sponsorship their careers then fifa might be more kind of cognizant of their of the players and of their interests and of how it affects them because then if they were to do as you say pull out then that would affect them. So there'll be a risk there, but they know there's no risk because they know, you know, the chances of someone like Mbappe pulling out is still very low. He has sponsorship deals with, you know, numerous organizations and for them, his value in terms of sponsorship and marketing as a brand in the world is you know, largely due to the fact he will go to a world cup, the biggest sporting event uh, in the world. It's not the only reason, but it's a big factor that he will represent France in the world cup. Um, and it's just... So, I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier. There's so many forces entwined with this where it's so interconnected with all these different factors.
1: Yeah, I think I think football's problem is that it sees itself in its own bubble, right? So, kind of like the Zlatan Ibrahimovic versus LeBron James issue where Zlatan was like, LeBron James, should just stick to basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of this case in football where football sees themselves as, this is the game, this is what's happening. Everything else around, it doesn't matter as long as football's going on. Mm. And, you know... That's quite a negative way to look at it because football can impact so many people in so many different ways, and it's a shame, as you as you rightly pointed out, that we're in a situation now where it's kind of seen as like Mbappe can close his ears, can't he? And a lot of these ballers can and say, you know what, I'm here to do what I need to do for my career but not really looking at the bigger picture as to what it really represents. And yeah, you are right. It would be a shame if it doesn't go ahead. And what more can you do? It's really an issue from FIFA. And you can't have any trust in FIFA because they all seem corrupt. So obviously there's someone, (laughs) I can't remember his name now, who's taken over from... Um, Blatter, who said he's going to change loads of stuff, and you, you are skeptical, I know Wenger's involved there as well, and Venga's a legend, uh, so hopefully uh, it resolves itself, <laughs> but the, the level of corruption when I was doing research for this pod was so deep and so wide that you are skeptical whether they're looking for the best interests in the game. Or they're looking for, you know, payouts and what benefits the football in terms of money, whether it's as you said, having massive infrastructure because they benefit through sponsorship and money in that in that sense. And uh that's kind of the situation where, where we're at. The, the, the tournament will definitely go ahead, mm. but whether it's the right thing to do, I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, it's Gianni Infantino as you're thinking of as the is the current FIFA president. And I think yeah. part of his, his <laughs> his election promises was to raid corruption but obviously that's always going to be the headline and whether it actually happens is is another factor and I mean what you mentioned earlier is bang on like you know think about COVID, think about the the, the project restart like it was such a priority <laughs> it was such a priority to get the Premier League back now screens um, but you think about it it is a bit bonkers during the pandemic for that to be the case, putting people at risk but again you've got all this money involved, all these sponsorship contracts, everything that goes around it and that's what causes um, this to happen it's, it, it's it's good because we're football fans but it's also bad because people you know people are at risk in different ways right well that's all from us this week thank you so much Etches, for uh, the research on that which is a fascinating topic we could have done a three-hour pod and have minor 30-minute pod on that uh, i'd love to expand that in terms of south africa and even just further beyond right so where we're going into next in terms of the usa mexico and canada i think that'd be fascinating topics but yep thank you all for listening guys please continue to subscribe with us on all our uh, platforms and we'll see you again next time cheers guys thank you